Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we are asking, does the media make you miserable? So what have we got there, Stace? So I have got a lovely trashy women's magazine, um, yes. which the subject that we're talking about today is, does the media make you miserable? And I think in today's day and age, we kind of think of social media. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I picked this up is because this is a perennial problem. And obviously there wasn't social media when I was growing up, but there yeah. was beauty magazines like this. Yeah. Um, so this, I was just saying, it's a general woman's magazine, which is supposed to cover all broad topics that are of interest to women. Mm-hmm. I would say 60% plus, probably 70% are about health, diet, losing weight, body image, but not in a good way. So yeah. let me just read you some of the titles. Blitz your wobbly bits. Uh, lose seven pound fast, the easy kickstart diet. My no knife treatment to saggy knees. It's, it's those like are a, just the headlines on the one front page. It's like as many clickbaity titles as yeah. possible on one front page, isn't it? But the point is, it's just complete bombardment. Like mm. every other page is just about how you should probably change this about yourself. Um, and I think when it comes to social media, that's heightened because you don't, pick up a magazine and put it down anymore you've got it in your pocket the whole all time yeah um and all these messages they might be a little better disguised sometimes mm-hmm. on social media they're not as brazen but that same tone is there like yeah. you're not good enough change this look mm-hmm. like that yeah i think um, even a, a worse thing that started happening as well as you'll get some other women who are in incredible shape and i've started doing some videos like oh look at me i have rolls too and it's like you do not have yeah. rolls like you like there's just there are skin creases and I'm like are they just doing that <clears throat> because they know it's like topical and it's they're gonna get the likes and the views and whatever else but like I can imagine how most normal people look at that video like that and be like holy shit if she thinks that's a problem like where the hell am I at and it's it's tough you know what I mean it's like not only is the the magazines it's the social media is constantly happening um did you ever listen to a song I feel like I've made the whole team listen to it now um called you should always wear sunscreen i think i think i've mentioned it on this podcast before yeah 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 and one of the lines that he says in that it's like an old old song now i think it's gonna be like 20 plus years old he's like don't read beauty magazines Mm. they will only make you feel ugly um and i feel like that used to be yeah there was you know magazines that women would buy around health beauty um weight diets and everything else but now that's just like every day four hours on social media and it's just that consistent comparison that is just beating down people's self-confidence and self-worth of like how they should or should not look and how they should or should not act on a, on a very consistent basis yeah and unlike this kind of older format where it is almost calling it out of like this is what you should do this is the problem that's wrong mm-hmm. with you it's a bit more subtle so it's yeah. easier to get sucked into just turning your thinking into that way rather mm-hmm. than going oh that's obviously a bit ridiculous yeah um and mm-hmm. you're just constantly comparing yourself to a highlight reel of other people because nobody posts the days when they feel rubbish mm-hmm. well some people do some we'll people. get on to that later yeah, yeah. but most people on social media they're kind of promoting look how amazing i look because of this thing i do or mm-hmm. look at how great my diet is not posting the days where they didn't have time and they just grab something for convenience mm-hmm. or they skip their workout and they actually feel a bit yuck. Yeah. Yeah, and that is the reality of it for like most people. And I think that overly got glamorized things that stuff is perfect all the time and seeing people's highlight reels, you know, makes that comparison even worse. Not only is there a comparison of how I should look and how I should act, it's like maybe even just how you should feel all the time. And it's just like your your baseline level of maybe like dopamine and how you feel on a day-to-day basis is just lower because you're like, 
why don't I live my best life every day? And it's like, well, that's because fucking that ain't that person's life every day either. You know what I mean? It's like shit gets like life gets hard, like for yeah. all of us. And I think actually that's a really common theme that's everywhere at the moment is that hustle culture and like mm. always seeking improvement in every area of your life that you just get this constant guilt. If you're not doing that, if you're just actually just enjoying your life and sitting and chilling, mm-hmm. that you're wasting time, you're not being productive. Yeah, it is. It's there almost needs to be like a counterbalance to it because it's gone so far one way for for so long now that it's it's almost I, I hate all that it's like toxic positivity and all that you know what I mean like it, the, it, there is a part where some people do need to sort of like pull the finger out and just get after it and stop stop making excuses for themselves I do really like think that's a, a big message that a lot of people need to take home but then when there is that other side of like it ain't all sunshine and rainbows either so it's like you know <clears throat> maybe there needs to be more glam around or glamorizing the fact that it is hard but like just pushing through and doing your best regardless yeah and not even glamorizing it just showing it because I'm showing it yeah one of the things that i found really helpful is i follow people who show up authentically they show up whether they're having a good day or a bad day like actually mm. our very own kelly bamba is amazing for this yeah so she is in great shape she has a healthy attitude towards life and fitness and everything mm. but she shares the days where it isn't going the way that she would like mm. And so people have a bit more balance. They look at somebody who's fit and strong and healthy and they say, oh, even she has off days. Okay, that's not so bad if I take an off day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think literally the last two days, Kelly's little girl has been sick um, and she's not been able to put her in nursery because of that and like going for walks, even though they feel horrendous. And it's just like, you know, yeah, it's like, it's not the funnest time in the world. It's not a highlight reel, but it's the reality of a lot of people's lives as well. And yeah, I think, more people showing up authentically. I think there is a craving for that. People are starting to see through the bullshit of how perfect, mm. uh, you know, certain people are trying to portray things and you know that can get wrapped up with like, oh, you've got to have high standards. If things aren't perfect, you don't have high standards. It's just, mm, it's, it is, there's a disattachment to the real world, I feel like. Yeah, and I think the other thing that people are starting to get wise to is the use of filters and posing and lighting and all of that mm. kind of stuff because... Well, it depends on who you follow, but there's a lot of um, influencers that are now calling that stuff out and saying, hey, look what I can do to my body with this app. Mm -hmm. Just remember that what you see isn't real. So people are starting to wise up to not just like what the content is, but also how it's presented Mm -hmm. isn't actually real life sometimes as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's difficult. Like I think even like TikTok has a just a natural inbuilt filtering now that just sort of smooths your face out a little bit and whatever else. Um, I think I was on there. Like I think about a month ago, I was like hungover. And Steph was away, and uh, I sent her a screenshot of of what I actually look like on TikTok. You know, like just like I was a normal selfie, and then I like put hand up all the filters of just the smoothing that it can do for the max. My teeth were whiter, uh, my face was smoothed out. Uh, I had like no bags under my eyes. I just looked like a complete like I was like hungover, three hours sleep. You know, mess the next day, and the next minute I'm looking at these two photos side by side, looking like completely different people. Um. And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a trap that I feel like a lot of people can fall into in terms of, you know, I've seen it with like even some friends where like every story photo has now got a filter on them being touched up. And I get it to some degree, but it's, it's then if what you're seeing in the mirror is causing negative self-talk or how you feel about yourself is, you know, there's a detachment to what you're portraying online and what you're seeing in real life and that's causing issues. It's, it is a problem to address because it will only start to get significantly worse as time goes on and it also reaffirms in your mind me as i am is not good enough like Mm -hmm. i need to have a filter applied to be acceptable to the rest of the world which is not true 
And I think that's when it comes down to the body image issues that we find a lot of our clients have, it's I have to look a certain way, I have to fit into a certain size clothes, I have mm. to dress a certain way in order to be confident. When actually there are things you can do with your mindset to address whether it's social media or whether it's those things that are helping or not helping your body image, yeah. you can start to find the confidence regardless of which clothes you're wearing, regardless of whether you're in a, uh, wearing a filter on mm -hmm. social media. Yeah, definitely. It's um, You have to start taking them steps and building that confidence. I think the best way to build your confidence is to just build your self-trust. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot of the times you want to be able to, uh, your word to you like it needs to mean something. So just following through on those promises. And if you are taking steps to create a healthier body or a healthier mind, just make sure you're keeping those promises to yourself. And that in turn builds confidence because you you know when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. Yeah, and the confidence kind of comes from within because you feel better. It's a multifaceted thing, body confidence mm -hmm. and self-confidence, isn't it? It's not just about what you see in the mirror because as you said earlier, that woman who has got skin rolls, yeah. whatever, she probably doesn't feel her best on that day, mm -hmm. but everyone else looks at her and thinks, wow, you've got a great figure. Yeah. And so it just goes to show that no matter what state your physical body gets to, if you don't deal with what's on the inside, you're not going to magically feel better. Definitely. And, and you, like I've definitely had my fair struggle with body dysmorphia when I was younger and I probably still have even the, like the odd days myself as, as, a, as a guy. Like I remember the trip I was just being on in Cabo, I seen like certain photos of myself and I was like, Steph was like, fuck like, yeah, like you like tearing myself apart in terms of like how I felt like I physically looked at that time. And it's like, yeah, like it's, you know, compared to when I was like 21, 22, 23 to how I talk about myself. Now there's been a lot of like internal work done to come to a much more uh, content place of um, just being more content and confident with who I am and, and, and my body in a lot of ways instead of always striving to be more muscular or leaner or just bigger or just whatever else it was there was always just more 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 and it was there was always such a, just a insatiable need to be more as well like as if it just wasn't enough and you know thankfully that's changed massively as I've, I've got older and, and done that work um but it, it's tough and, and I think a huge part of it coming back to what we said about the magazines and social media a lot of it was comparison you know if I if I looked at what was I doing in those earlier years I was watching a lot of guys on youtube and you know instagram was probably is instagram 10 years old yeah probably mm, yeah maybe that, just me yeah it was more like facebook and youtube at that time and like everything i was watching was like bodybuilding and this and that so my comparison was always well i'm comparing myself to guys who were in like the top one percent of bodies who were competing on stage who have spent four months getting to this low body fat percentage and that was what i was comparing myself against so it was like there was always going to be a deficit of well, I'm not either muscular enough or lean enough. And I feel like now if you look at what the people's social media feeds look like, they're just getting that on a continual basis. So Yeah, and I think the difficulty is the way the algorithm works. If you start to show an interest in content that is about getting fit, having a physique that looks like whatever, mm -hmm. then the algorithm goes, ooh, you want to see more of that. Yep. And so you just start to create this huge echo chamber where all you see is that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the big pieces of advice I give to my clients is to go and consciously create your own feed. Like yeah. rather than just have what the feed gives you, mm -hmm. actually go and unfollow stuff that doesn't quite make you feel good or go and seek out certain hashtags that are more aligned with your values and what you want to gain from your time on social media. Yeah, that's like actually one of the things that I done is I just unsubscribed and unfollowed from a lot of the people that I um, I was doing that with on a continual basis. And there's just like very, very few people who are, who uh, maybe 
everyone I kind of follow now, especially on my personal Instagram, like my whole feed just feels like it's just education, value, and entertainment. You know, I don't feel like I'm getting that comparison. I feel like I'm just learning all the time off my social media feed. Um, I'm, I'm being educated and being motivated. It feels like a healthy, happy place where I can go and spend 10, 20, 30 minutes. And that's enough. And I've taken some value and education from it or maybe some entertainment and I move on versus prior. You know, I definitely found if I looked at my explore feed on my personal page, it was just honestly just a bunch of like shredded guys who were in fantastic shape, who were always pushing for more. And it was just kind of like, God, like it become very apparent. Like I was comparing myself to people who were stepping on stage and doing all this. So it just had to change. Um, and it didn't, I don't think you can knock. I don't think you can even like, like the amount that that can change is, is just wild. Um, I think everyone's heard that quote, you know, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Um, that, that's like a very old quote. And I think it, it is very real in terms of friends and family having an influence on you and, and work colleagues in a, in a really big way. But if you look at, it's a bit of a weird thing to say, if you look at like your social media feed being a friend mm. because of the amount of time, like you probably spend more time on social mm-hmm. media probably with than anyone else in your life, maybe, you know, maybe your partner or your kids, that type of stuff. But like, you're probably spending at least two hours a day on there. Most people are now, if you look at screen time averages. So like, that's a, a friend that's either feeding you positive information, entertaining you, giving you value or making you feel shit about yourself. And it's like, but the, the beautiful thing about it is like, you actually have the power to control that. Yeah. So you can go in and unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. And you can actually change the algorithm pretty quickly. Like go and like something that you want to be more interested in. Just go and like find like 10, 20 videos click, watch them all the way through, watch them all the way through and it will just start to change your explore feed. And if you've unfollowed and followed a lot of pages that go into that, it really can change it pretty quickly for you. Yeah, and there is actually a feature where you can go in and say, don't show me more content like this. Yeah. So you can actively stop things that you don't want to see more of. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that you can kind of take control of in terms of what's showing up. But something that I also wanted to talk about today was it's not just the external is the internal. Yeah. Um, so when you said you did the inner work, mm-hmm. a lot of this kind of feeling crap about yourself or jealousy or comparison, it comes from not feeling secure in where you are at, where mm-hmm. you are at in life. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to have a little chat about like how you dealt with that. And then also if somebody else is finding themselves in a similar position where everyone they look at is causing a negative reaction rather than an inspirational reaction, mm-hmm. how do you make that shift? I think you've spoken about this a lot. I think it's, I was definitely trying to go from like, at first it was like, I didn't like certain parts about my body and I wanted them to almost look like somebody I aspired to. So really having that acceptance of, well, you're never going to look like anyone else. You know, like that's just true and true. I'm never going to have a physique like someone else because I do not have their genetics. I'm not them. Like it's period. So first the acceptance of like, I am me, you know what I mean? And that's enough. And I, the best thing that I can do is work on being the best version of me. Now, what does the best version of me look like? And can I progress to a point where maybe I'll be more satisfied or happy in the future? And I was like, yes, but how about let's just start trying to be happy with where we're at now and building upon that. So I think first it was like that acceptance of like being enough and understanding that I can't look or be like anyone else. That was a, a huge part. And then there was just like certain parts, like, I mean, whether this sounds stupid or not, because I know like a lot of other people, like I would be like meticulous, like one of my pecs looks bigger than the other, or I'm out of shape, or my shoulders aren't in alignment. It was like little things like that, but in a photo, I would always notice that. And it is, it's like ridiculous as it might sound or seem. 
And I've heard like over lots of the clients that we speak with, they will hyper-focus on an area of their body that they dislike the most about themselves or they first notice some pictures. And like, that's where I was at. Like uh, it was like very continual. So instead of just getting to a place where I was like, I hate that, I want to change it. I hate that, I want to change it. It was very much just getting to that place of, like, that's me, you know what I mean? Like, I just need to accept that that's a part of me and I can maybe make some changes to it. But just in some aspects, like, that's like, they're my genetics. Like, I can't change the muscle insertions that I have on my body. I can't make bones longer or change. You know what I mean? You can't do anything like that. So it's just getting to a place where I just have to start accepting that. And the more I just accepted that and time went on, and remove the comparison it really started to just create a healthier relationship with myself yeah and I think there's definitely that element of acceptance but there's also the element of really truly believing that you are doing what you can to change the things that are within your control because I think Mm. when I um, think about my own experience or think about clients I've spoken to that kind of frustration and jealousy and negative emotion towards others sometimes comes from the fact that you want to be like them but you don't want to do the things that they do to get there. And it's that like middle bit that is frustrating Mm -hmm. because you want the results, but you don't, you know that you don't really want to do the middle bit. And so it's not actually about them. It's an inner frustration and anger. And I think when you strip everything back and you take ownership of the fact, like I want to be like them. So I'm going to do that thing Mm -hmm. and you show up and you do it. That goes away. It does. Because you yeah. know you're on the path and you know you're doing everything that you possibly can to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's when you're sat on the sidelines and you're not really taking action and you know it. That's yeah. when you feel rubbish. Yeah, because then it's much easier to go, well, they've got it so much easier. You know, like it's, um, I know we've talked about comparisons and we've brought up celebrities in the past, like Adele and Rebel Wilson. And like the first thing a lot of people do is they'll look at a journey of Adele losing 100 pounds and they'll shame her for losing 100 pounds or they'll say, it's so easy for you to lose a hundred pounds because you've got a personal trainer and you've got a chef instead of this. And it's like, so out of a positive story of somebody making a healthy transformation, you've chose to attack and shame someone for that and focus on all the negatives instead of going, oh, wow, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what some things that she's done that maybe I could be doing, or, you know, and like whether did she move more? Did she, you know, did she eat higher protein diet? Like what were some of the tips that Adele used on hey, look, you know, Adele's lost 100 pounds, maybe I can too. And you can look at it in a really healthy, positive, inspirational way. But understanding like, yeah, she probably worked her ass off to get there too. And yes, maybe she had more help than you've got access to. But that doesn't mean you can't get there too. It just might take a little bit longer and that's okay. Yeah, and I think it's that approach of how you look at somebody else's journey and somebody else's end destination that makes the difference. Yeah. Because the same story can be interpreted by two different people in Mm -hmm. completely different ways. Yeah. It's that, like, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 42. Yeah, that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah. Because people often say, oh, like, you look amazing. You got, like, you got your body back so quick after having Mm. a baby. And I'll be like, well, that's because I trained for, like, 10 years previous. Yeah. So if you've never trained before and then you had a baby and you're annoyed that it's taking you longer, Mm. you can't compare your body's reaction to pregnancy to mine. Yeah. No, definitely. And it's, it's, it's always looking at that in, like, a accumulative way of like there's just so many things that come into everything that we're talking about here and it's I think it's just after after speaking to women because I'm coaching so many women I feel like it's just the ability to just not judge yourself so harshly like that is like honestly what I feel like it comes down to like some of the the words and the conversations I have with some of the ladies that we've coached they just judge themselves so harshly against someone else on social media someone else in a magazine 
someone else who's bounced back from a pregnancy faster, you know, as if like, well, that's the term and they should do it. And it's like that consistent comparison and self-judgment. And it just like wraps people up in like a, a ball of like discomfort, not good enough, hate, jealousy. And it's, it's, it's a really unhealthy place to be. And if you just were to maybe take that energy instead and just focus it inwards on yourself, you know, you can, you can go a really long way in three, six, 12 months if you just focus on yourself and put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And it's actually an exercise that I've used with a couple of clients in the past is when they notice those negative feelings towards somebody else who's doing well or looks great or Mm. has a body part that they aspire for, but they're thinking those thoughts in a negative way that they need to notice that that's happening Mm-hmm. And then change it out for a positive thought. So if they're saying, oh, why does she have such great legs and mine are so fat? Just focus on the fact that she's got great legs. What does she do to get there? What mm-hmm. can I do? So it's positive and it's empowering rather than the pattern that your brain has gotten into, which is just focusing on the negative. Yeah. And as well, like a part of me is like, just realize that like genetics do play a part. You know, they do. They play like a, a significant role. But again, the idea of like, somebody's like genetics about how they made their shape is or the way they look plays a part if you just get into that part of like just comparing yourself to them constantly it just it just doesn't serve you um and like i'm just speaking from experience because i've done that i've compared myself to other people and it's like we do not have the same genetic makeup me comparing myself to their legs as you said or something else is like it's just not going to serve me and it's just turning that focus instead of on to somebody else um, maybe looking at them as a level of inspiration and what can I learn from, from them or take from them, but then just focus on, you know, that back on me in terms of what, what do I need to do? Yeah. And it also comes down to like trends of le- like legs for the example here. Yeah. So there was a time when stick thin legs were the thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's like actually having a bit of muscle and having a bit of shape to your mm-hmm. legs on your bum is a thing. And then hip dips are a thing. And then thigh, thigh gaps yeah. were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just whatever the flavor of the month is that mm-hmm. the media promote or the algorithm promotes or somebody somewhere decided to make a post about mm-hmm. and it went viral. And actually all of that's bollocks because it's all created. It's not yeah. actually an indicator of health, of attractiveness or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, there's actually a trend going around now called the, the muscle mummy. Oh, I've I seen. haven't heard this. <laughs> yeah, what? and it's just, like a tr- it's just like this guy who's got a very stoic voice is doing uh, stuff over videos and normally when guys take photos <clears throat> on a phone they take them below them so they look bigger so, oh, men, so men tend to take photos lower so you look bigger oh. on a photo versus women take uh, <clears throat> tend to take photos higher because it makes them look smaller uh, and more petite so that's what you'll tend to see if anyone ever takes a selfie and it's just like we don't even realize we're doing it we're just doing it most of the time i think girls know that they do this yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen a guy do this though yeah well guys are just like oh hello just, double chin just, just take a photo yeah like, you know it's um that tends to be what happens but on this trend of like being a muscle mummy the um camera is on the floor so it's shooting up so it's not the most flattering angle and it will make you look bigger because you're close to the camera and the camera's shooting up and these women are just standing in front of the camera and flexing you know what i mean and it's just like like again it's just like it's another it's it's just a, a more empowering, positive trend. Like, hey, we're not we're not trying to be the smallest, most petite. Like, we we like going to the gym and lifting weights, and you know we've got a bit of muscle to show for it, and we're, and we're yeah. going to, um, which is good. It's just fighting back against like cultural norms in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really cool things about social media is whatever it is that you want to emphasize or seek out, 
you're pretty much going to find it if you search for yep. it. So if you don't want to see things about hip dips and thigh gaps and how to get the smallest waist in the world, mm. go search muscle mummy apparently because that's, <laughs> that's what you need to yeah, search yeah. for. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like thick thighs save lives or something mm. like that. Um, there is a community out there that feels like you but is empowered about it yeah. and is taking that and owning it. So mm. in a way, you can flip the way that social media creates echo chambers mm. on its head for your advantage. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, like when you say thick fives save lives, I just instantly think of Steph. Like she's literally just got like natural big legs. She'll never have a thigh gap ever. I've never had one in her life. Everywhere we go, if she ever wears a dress, she has to wear shorts underneath. She'll get chub rub. There's literally just thighs. I just rub them constantly. Um, and it's just like, she's just got genetically big legs. I like them. You know what I mean? Like some people might not like big legs, but that's cool. Like it's like you do you in like a lot of ways. And as long as it's not hurting anyone else and, and you're happy and content with yourself, I think that's that's ultimately what matters. Yeah, and also she's strong. She is very strong. Yeah. <laughs> very, very strong, yeah. I've also, I've got, my husband calls my legs hamons. Hamons. <laughs> they are also in the same category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're never going to be like stick thin. But, you know, you just own it and you make it, you make it part of you. Of course, yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's ultimately all you can do is just get into that place of acceptance you know, your, your body at the end of the day is the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Uh, it's like, take care of it and it, it will take care of you in so many ways. And it's just like the way people speak to themselves. And I have been guilty of this in the past. You would never speak to anyone else like that. And, and you have to start addressing that internal voice if it's starting to get very loud and very negative. Because if you flip that and you, that voice starts to become a lot more positive, a lot more affirming about who you are and how you look, like that's going to show up in ways you probably can't even imagine with your confidence. Actually, that's a really important point because there's some, I can't remember the actual numbers, but there is something in the psychology of our self-talk mm-hmm. of you have to outweigh the negative. I'm sure it's like five to one. It's something yeah. in that scope of your brain is always going to hyper-focus on the negative because that's how we've designed ourselves to survive through mm-hmm. dangerous events. So it will seek out the negative. So for you to actually feel okay about yourself, you've got to, like crowd that out with positive Mm -hmm. and that is really unnatural for us to do to like hype ourselves up five times out of six and so it can feel a bit weird and a bit pretentious and a bit like woo woo to stand there Mm -hmm. and be like no I do have really great legs and I absolutely (laughs) love my toes yeah but actually you kind of need to do it and you have to like hack yourself into it Mm -hmm. yeah like if you find you're have really negative self-talk in the mirror you know, start sticking some post-its on there and just make a point of start speaking to yourself more positively. You go on social media, you've unfollowed all the people that make you feel shit. And instead you go on there and people are like, you're fucking looking great today. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's just an overwhelming amount of affirmation and positivity. Like you said, if that's at that five to one ratio, you, you've almost created your environment for you to win. You know, and we talk about this with all different parts of health and fitness, but it's also when it comes to, to body image and body acceptance and that, you know, creating that environment of, of success. You know, I, I find it a lot like, cause I will go to a gym or a CrossFit gym or a group class. You know, I tend to find I'm always associated with fit and healthy mm. people, but it's just like how I've chose to show up myself. And now I'm surrounded by people like that. So the conversations are different, the more positive, they're about health improvement, performance, you know, cognitive performance, like, you know, working harder. It's just lot of the, lots of the general conversations, but that's come from a place of, like that wasn't like that 10 years ago. It wasn't even like that five years ago. And it's just happened over starting to take those small steps over time where you curate your environment for success in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really great point because we talk, we're talking today about the impact of media, social media, but it's easy to forget that the rest of your life has so much potential to have a positive influence on you. And so we talked about the five people that have the most impact. Do you go to a gym that makes you feel good or do you go to a gym where you're constantly looking at other people feeling judged? Mm. Do you spend your time on the weekends with friends that are active and share the same values or do you kind of bum around the house and not do much? Yeah. So there is a lot you can do outside of curating your social media or looking at who you follow and things like that. You can actually take your whole life and think, right, how do I create something that actually promotes me feeling my best? Exactly. And I think as we've spoken about on previous podcasts, you don't have to do it all at once. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just kind of looking at like one thing that you can do. And I think the social media thing is, is like if anyone's listening, I just want to spend half an hour tonight and just go through who you're following and just go through an unfollowing spree and um, and unfollow and follow and follow because that is something that can immediately start to have an impact on you without you even realizing. And then, yeah, you know, starting to just be like, hey, like who are the, all the friends that I have in my life or colleagues that make me feel good about myself, make me happy, you know, rise me up challenge me to grow i want to spend more time with those people and like it's not saying like you hear this a lot on social media just people who make you feel negative just cut them out your life it's like it's not that easy you know some for some people that's your parents so your family and stuff but like what it might be a good idea to do is maybe just limit the amount of time that you do spend with those people so you don't have to cut them out your life but hey if you find every time i spend an evening with one of your sisters or a friend and you end up just walking away like oh my god that was exhausting you know, it's like, you know, you're going to have to set those boundaries to limit the time that you spend with those people because it, it seeps into parts of your life in, in ways that you can't even imagine. It does. And I think family's the most difficult one. Family is definitely the most difficult one. Trying to adjust the way that people in your family talk about bodies or mm. talk about your body because they feel like they have permission because they're your family, yeah. right? It's really difficult, but it can mm. be done. And it's definitely a conversation I've had with my family and we'll just... If someone says something that's a bit inappropriate, we don't just let it slide now. Yeah. I'll say, oh, that was a bit inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's not under the surface anymore. We've talked about it. So I can make like a kind of funny comment about mm. it and then they become self-aware and then, like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is something that can be worked on, but it's definitely harder than if it's just a mate. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So in, in summary, We've talked about like all the things you can do to cultivate your social media. We've talked about the internal mm-hmm. monologue and how you can influence that by increasing your positive elements. One thing that um, I also wanted to talk about is what do you actually even want out of life? And like, does that reflect in the things that you're following? Because I think if you don't have goals, it's very easy to get swept along with other people's goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why comparison and the media can also make you feel a bit crappy because you have this goal that you've supposedly set your heart on, but it's not really that important to you. You just feel like you should do it because that's what everyone else seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you're working towards this thing that doesn't actually fire you up. It doesn't make you happy. And then that's part of the disconnect and that's part of the unhappiness. And so one thing that I think is really important is setting some time aside to think about what are your values, what are your actual goals, mm-hmm. and making sure that the things that you're following and the things that you're reading and seeing and the people you're talking to do support that. Yeah, because I think when we speak to a lot of clients, they'll initially say, hey, I, like, I want to lose 40 pounds. 
And then when we really get into the crux of like why they want to lose forty pounds, I mean, we really go we go five wires deep and we understand what what it is. Sorry, can you just explain that because when okay. I first heard this five wires thing, I was like, yeah. well, you just keep saying why, 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 <laughs> why, 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 why? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, hey, do you want to lose forty pounds? Well, why do you want to lose forty pounds? It's like, um, you know, a little bit of thought. I want to have more energy. I want to feel better about myself. I want to look better. Okay why do you want to feel better and look better and have more energy? And it's like, pause, think, okay, you know, I, I'm not spending as much time with my kids or when I am, I'm not as present, so I don't have as much energy and I want to feel more attractive for my partner. I don't feel attractive to myself and that's affecting my confidence. And it's like, okay, well, why are those things important to you? I want to give my kids the best upbringing. I want to be there for them. I want to be able to play these games. I want to be able to play sports with them. I want to be a, a great partner to my, my, my husband. And if I don't feel confident in myself, maybe I'm not showing up the best for him. And it's like, oh, okay, that's very different than I just want to lose 40 pounds. Like very different. I mean, it's like, so, but then if you wanted to come back to values, why is it important for you to be a good parent? Why is it important for you to, you know, do these certain things? Why is it important for you to be a good partner and show up the best in your relationship? And, you know, <clears throat> they're the questions for you to ask yourself and understand, but that can start to give you a value framework around why it's important for you to achieve your goals. And then what you tend to have then is instead of just these outcome-based goals, you can start to have identity-based goals, which is like an outcome-based goal can be can be very extrinsic to an extent, like lose 40 pounds, go from, you know, 40 to zero, or versus like having an intrinsic goal, which is be the best parent, be the best partner, be the healthiest version of me. It's a very different way of going about setting goals and it's it's more intrinsic and in alignment with your values. And then what you can what you can start to do is create the person that you want to be through an intrinsic value system and then when you get to your goal like you're going to be able to stay there because they are your values that's what's important to you so having that in place instead of you know the new shiny object syndrome where it's just like next goal next goal next goal people just burn out like they just can't keep it up it's it's like hey i'm going to become the healthiest version of me because it's in alignment with my values yeah and you can let stuff bounce off you so much easier mm -hmm. when you've got that core deep understanding of what is important to you so if you know my goal is to be a really healthy active parent so that my kids have a fun active life if you see someone who looks great in social media and your body doesn't look like theirs it doesn't actually matter. Like mm -hmm. that isn't your goal. Yeah. And that only works if you truly believe and you've truly identified what is your goal. Mm -hmm. Because then it's almost like tunnel vision of this is what I'm working towards. This is what I care about. Oh, cool. Good for you. You look amazing. But that's not what I care about. So you yeah. can park it and you can just get on with your life and mm -hmm. what's important. Yeah. And you're still like, I still have moments. You know, every now and then it, it gets you. You know, you can be a bit tired. You can be having a day. You can have moments where you can see something like that online. So it can still get you. You can still feel that like urge to like want to do more. And that's normal. But like if the if it outweighs it so much, like you can just take that as like, that was a moment, it was a blip, it was a negative thought, it was a way my mind went. And it's just like, look, where I'm at is, and my value system is so much more important than chasing these arbitrary, you know, outcome-based goals in a lot of ways. Yeah, so in summary then, we need to spend half an hour going and unfollowing. Anyone yes. that makes you feel remotely icky or unhappy or mm -hmm. jealous, just get that out of your life. You don't need yeah. it. We're not saying get your friends and family out of your no. life, but you can definitely unfollow those people. That's not <laughs> yeah. too difficult. And with friends and family as well, if they even, you don't want to unfollow them because even they might be negative in your life. Yeah, actually, you can point. You can mute them. So you can mute people so you don't actually unfollow them, but they don't show up on your feed or stories. It's an easy hack of getting I around I wish that. you could do that in real life. <laughs> mute. I've had enough of you today. <laughs> yeah. 
be okay so half an hour to do that yeah. half an hour to just kind of really connect with what your values are ask yourself those five whys mm -hmm. and get really clear on what are your goals so that when everyone else's goals that they're working on you can cheer for them because good for them but yours are over here and they're different to their goals and you yeah. know it yeah and if there's other people in your life friends family colleagues um people that you've seen in the gym and they, that you feel like they're really positive people, drop them a text message. Try and spend a little bit more time around that, those people and just see how it starts to seep, to seep into to your life, how you think, how you feel in a really positive way. Yeah, I love it. So the media no longer needs to make you miserable. No. <laughs>